Hello, welcome to episode 2 of My Opinion, Your Conclusion. Today I am going to share my take on the vice presidential debate between Kamala Harris, or Kamala Harris, and Vice President Mike Pence. So I'm just going to jump right in. I'm going to play some clips of the debate and just share what I think about um, the what they're saying, what they're talking about, um, and the delivery, just anything that comes up. I'm only I'm trying to only use video on here, like video footage, so that I can know for sure this is actually what they said because there's so much distortion and um, exaggeration in reported news. So, um, yeah, let's go to the first bit. It's kind of in the middle, but just listen to this here. If the public health professionals, if Dr. Fauci, if the doctors tell us that we should take it, I'll be the first in line to take it. Absolutely. But if Donald Trump tells us I should ta- that we should take it, I'm not taking it. So she says if the doctors tell her to take it, she will, but not if Donald Trump tells her to take it. I feel like this is kind of a stupid thing to say. Um, it's like, I don't know, like when your little sister won't do what you tell them to because, you know, they're mad at you. They don't like you. But if someone else tells you to do the same thing or tells them to do the same thing, if somebody that they like, maybe one of your friends or something, says, oh, no, you should, you should help with that, then they're like, oh, okay, well, if you say it, I will, but since my sister told me to, then I don't want to because I don't like my sister. I don't know. I just think that's funny. So here's the next clip. It's like half an hour into the debate, and let me just play it for you guys. Have you had a conversation or reached an agreement with Vice President Biden about safeguards or procedures when it comes to the issue of presidential disability. And if not, and if you win the election next month, do you think you should? You have two minutes uninterrupted. So let me tell you, first of all, um, the day I got the call from from Joe Biden, it was actually a Zoom call, um, asking me to serve with him on this ticket was probably one of the most memorable memorable days of my life. Um, I, you know, I thought about my mother who came to the United States at the age of 19, um, gave birth to me at the age of 25 at Kaiser Hospital in Oakland, California. And um, the thought that I'd be sitting here right now, um, I know would make her proud. And she must be looking down on this. Um, So that's mostly what I wanted you guys to hear. She kind of goes on to talk about her relationship with Joe Biden and how they're similar and stuff. But she doesn't really answer the question and you guys can look it up and see for yourselves but she really doesn't answer the question um i just every time i hear it i'm like what are you talking about like i don't care when your mom gave birth to you or where your mom gave like just the question was about um the issue of presidential disability um she just goes off about her mom like I don't understand like it just to me that just seems like she's avoiding the question or something she's trying maybe to appeal to families 
and talk about her mom. So, I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird. That was a weird response. That was unnecessary. So, I just want to bring up a point right here about the clips that I'm using. So, I'm really trying really hard not to be biased on here. And I know it kind of sounds like in this episode I'm just only looking at bad things about Kamala, but I'm really not. Like, I was looking so hard for something to say about Mike Pence that was negative, but I really, like, I couldn't really find anything. He uses some recycled vocabulary, but that's not always a bad thing, especially in when you want to get your point across. And But I feel like he says, like, the American people a lot. He says some things a lot, but I don't think they're bad things. So yeah, I just wanted to say that I'm not trying to be biased against Kamala or anything in this. But um, my next clip is um, her talking and some things I want to say about what she says. So just listen and I will say what I think in a sec. Um, We now know because of great investigative journalism that Donald Trump paid $750 in taxes. When I first heard about it, I I literally said, you mean $750,000? And it was like, no, $750. We now know Donald Trump owes and is in debt for $400 million. And just so everyone is clear, when, when we say in debt, it means you owe money to somebody. And it'd be really good to know who the president of the United States, the commander in chief, owes money to because the American people have a right to know what is influencing the president's decisions. And it's okay, so a couple points I want to make on that. She says um, Trump only paid $750. Okay, so I looked into this and he tells us in the debate. And he told us, or Trump told us about this a few times um, publicly. Um, He had prepaid millions of dollars in taxes. And that's why that one time he had to pay $750. And that was all because he had prepaid so much in taxes. Um, So, also, how do you know? So, she says she doesn't know who he owes money to and i don't understand how you could know someone's in debt if you don't know who they're in debt to i mean i'm sure there's some argument around that but if nobody's claiming that he's in debt to them then how do they know he's in debt and so i feel like there's some holes in her um criticism of trump there But, you know, at least she defines the term in debt for us. That's nice. So, here's the next clip. And it is when Kamala is talking about making college free. And let's hear it, just so that you guys know that I'm telling the truth. So, for example, 
For folks who want to go to a two-year community college, it will be free. If you come from a family that makes less than $125,000, you'll go to a public university for free. And across the board, we'll make sure that if you have student loan debt, it's cut by $10,000. So that sounds great um, on the outside before you get a little deeper into what that actually means. So one little example from my personal experience, I have a friend who's from France, and in France, college is free. But she had to pay like $3,000 for her driver's license. So when you make something free, it moves the cost of that to something else. Something totally different or similar, but it moves the cost and you're going to be paying that in some other form. Okay, let's go to the next clip. Foreign policy, it might sound complicated, but really it's relationships. Just think about it as relationships. And so we know this in our personal and professional relationships. Um, You got to keep your word to your friends. Got to be loyal to your friends. People who have stood with you, got to stand with them. You got to know who your adversaries are. And keep them in check. But what we have seen with Donald Trump is that he has betrayed our friends and, 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 and embraced dictators around the world. All right. So a couple things I want to say. Um, you don't need to be friends with people that you do business with. Donald Trump is a businessman and he knows how to handle business deals and... Um, business relationships are not necessarily friendships. If you pull out of a deal because you want to help your own business, that isn't a betrayal because the relationship wasn't at a status where it was possible to betray that, like a friendship. Because it's not a friendship. A business relationship is not a friendship. It can be. It can become a friendship, but you can also have... A business relationship with a friend and do business transactions with friends but if Trump pulls out of a deal with another country another country's government that doesn't make it a betrayal like he was stuck with them and he had to stay with that because that's not how business works so that's just what I wanted to say Now let's go to the next clip, and I'm not trying to be biased, guys, I promise, but this is also Kamala, the rest are Kamala, and then I'm going to talk about um, just how I perceived um, both the candidates overall. So here we go. Joe Biden and I are both people of faith, and it's insulting to suggest that we would knock anyone for their faith, and in fact, Joe if elected, will be only the second uh, practicing Catholic uh, as president of the United States. So, what I have to say to that is, um, if you're someone of faith, then to me that doesn't actually matter if she says that. Because in, um, let me see, I have it here. In James 2.19, in the Bible, it says, You believe that God, there is one God? Great. Even the demons believe that. So, 
even the deme- even the demons believe that there is one God. Well, why should I care if she believes or if Joe Biden believes? And I don't really know if I can trust that. But I mean, if she's saved, if Joe Biden's saved, then great. That's awesome. But it doesn't really make a difference if that doesn't influence their actions. So we have one more clip and then I'm going to just talk about kind of my overall, I guess, synopsis of the candidates and the whole debate. So let's hear the clip. The American people would really like to know if Judge Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States, are you and Joe Biden, if somehow you win this election, going to pack the Supreme Court to get your way? I'm so glad we went through a little history lesson. Let's do that a little more. In 1864... Well, I'd like you to answer the question. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. I'm speaking. Okay. In 1864, one of the... I think political heroes, certainly of the president, I I assume of you also, Mr. Vice President, is Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Abraham Lincoln was up for re-election. And it was 27 days before the election. Okay, I'm going to skip through some of this. But Honest Abe said... Just some of her answer. ...the right thing to do, be the next president of the United States. And then that person can select who will serve for a lifetime on the highest court of our land. And so Joe and I are very clear. The American people are voting right now, and it should be their decision about who will serve on this most important body for a lifetime. Thank you, Senator Harris. People, Susan, are voting right now. They'd like to know if you and Joe Biden are gonna pack the Supreme Court if you don't get your way in this nomination. Let's talk about packing. You once Come again on. gave a non-answer. Joe Biden gave a non-answer. <laughs> trying to answer you the now. American people deserve a straight answer. And, and if you haven't figured it out yet, the straight answer is they are going to pack the Supreme Court if they somehow win this election. But, Men Mr. and women, Vice I, 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 I got to tell you, people across this country, if you cherish our Supreme Court, if you cherish the separation of powers, you need to reject the Biden-Harris ticket. Come November the 3rd, re-elect President Donald Trump, and we'll stand by that separation of powers in a nine-seat Supreme Court. Yeah, let's talk about packing the court, then. Let's talk about the fact... Yeah, I'm, I'm about to. So, the Trump-Pence administration has been... Because I sit on the Senate Judiciary Committee, Susan, as you mentioned, and I've witnessed the appointments for lifetime appointments to the federal courts, district courts, courts of appeal. People who are purely ideological, people who have been reviewed by by legal professional organizations and found to have been not competent, are substandard. And do you know that of the 50 people who President Trump appointed to the Court of Appeals for lifetime appointments, not one is black? This is what they've been doing. You want to talk about packing a court? Let's have that discussion. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Senator. Let's go on and talk about the issue of racial justice. I just want the record to reflect she never answered the question. Okay, so that was kind of a long clip. Sorry, but I felt like we kind of needed a little bit of extra context. So he asks this question twice and twice she doesn't answer it. And I'm like, 
she dodges questions really the whole debate she doesn't really answer any questions with a straight answer that actually gives clarity and she actually just keeps saying Joe and I have been really clear about this Joe and I have been really clear about this but then she doesn't give a clear answer so that's kind of sketchy to me um she's just dodging it so to me like I said earlier that means she doesn't want to answer the question or she's hiding something or she wants to reflect something else in a different way or something but whatever it is it doesn't seem to me like a honest approach to an answer or a debate or an argument of any kind and also did you hear how rude she was like She's so rude to Mike Pence. And here's one point where I left out. I actually did think Mike kind of overreacted a little bit. But it made a little bit of sense. He was frustrated. She wasn't answering the question again. And he kind of didn't let her talk for a second. And it was a little like, come on, chill out, chill out. But... I think he felt like he needed to say that because he knew that she wasn't going to. And that is proved correct as you listen to the rest of it. So I just, I was kind of surprised at how rude she was to him. And there's no excuse for that. There's not really a good excuse either for not answering. And all she does, again, is throw Trump under the bus and talk about how he didn't pack the court with blacks instead of talking about how they will pack the court. She talks about how Trump didn't pack the court in a good way. So those are my last thoughts on those clips. Um, One funny thing is um like an hour and a half into the debate a fly actually lands on Mike Pence's head and it's there for like 4 minutes or something it's hilarious i was laughing so much when i saw it but um i just want to kind of move on to the segment where i just kind of give an overview so they covered a ton of topics um but over the like whole debate Kamala just to me seemed like a really fake person she's constantly looking into the camera like she's a talk show host or an actor or something and she has this really fake looking smile on her face she's very theatrical she moves her hands she gestures toward the camera she sits up and makes these fake looking faces I don't I don't know. I don't like it. Um but it the way that she addresses her audience I want to touch on is um very directed towards an individual person. So like individual people. Um she constantly says um me and Biden we will help this group and you your families this group this minority, you, your jobs, and she says things like that a lot. She does say the American people and refers to them as a whole, like, group, but 
I found that most of the time she talks to the camera, she is addressing what appears to sound like a individual or a group of individuals, I guess. Um, yeah, so another thing, she uses negative situations to support her point. Um, almost every time she's asked a question, like we've seen, rather than saying what her party will do, she usually tells what Trump hasn't done and how he has failed. Um, if she can't represent her own party, this is a really interesting question that I've tried to tell people, but if she can't represent her own party, how do you expect her to represent minorities or other people as a vice president? She can't represent herself or she won't. So she's obviously only talking about the things she wants to. And so if she is elected, then if she doesn't want to represent something, she won't, obviously, as we've seen. Yeah, so that's um something I just have been thinking about. And then also, she says twice at least, I will not be lectured by the vice president. Ma'am, she lectures the conservative party, basically, Trump, on and just rattles off all these reasons why he's such a terrible person, why he has failed. And then she says, I will not be lectured by the vice president. And I feel, every time I hear that, I'm like, you are so stupid. Okay, sorry. No, I'm not saying she's a stupid person. I think she's actually a smart person. But um, I think she acts like a child sometimes. Yeah, so then the last point on that, she keeps saying Biden is very clear. I've been very clear. We've been very clear, but she's obviously not clear in any of her interviews or in this debate. So that's kind of my whole spiel on Kamala and from what I've seen in this, at least, and in other things. So um, that brings me to Pence. So now I'm going to discuss kind of what my conclusion of Pence and his composure, his character, was through this debate. So over the entire thing, he has a very consistent tone and just a very consistent attitude, which I think really helps the debate stay civilized. Um, He doesn't really match the energy of Kamala, which... I think helps her stay calm and helps the entire conversation stay calm because um, I can play a clip here actually of her totally railing on um, Biden actually before they became such good friends. She was just yelling and yelling here. Listen for a second. States to to integrate public schools in America. I was part of the second class to integrate Berkeley, California, public schools almost two decades after Brown v. Board of Education. Because your city council made that decision. It was a so local decision. So that's where the federal government must step the, in. The that's why we have the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. That's why we need to pass the Equality Act. That's why 
need to pass the ERA because That's there it. are moments in history where states fail to preserve the civil rights of I all have people. Supported the okay. ERA. okay, so there you can see she gets excited. And um, I think it was just really nice that, you know, in that one, Biden, he also got really um, loud for Biden, at least, and he got excited. And Pence, he really just stays very consistent throughout the entire debate. And I was kind of surprised, actually. He did get a little um, frustrated and mad at that one point when um Kamala wouldn't answer his question but um I kind of understand that she was kind of annoying me too <laughs> but I mean that's not really an excuse but um another point I want to make is Mike's target audience is more toward all Americans and he kind of speaks to them as one people and as one united people um he says the American people a lot. That's something he says maybe too many times. But, um, yeah, I just, I think that it's kind of cool that he doesn't try to separate groups. Um, it creates a whole outlook of unity, and I really appreciate that. Um, he also uses, um, the positive to support his arguments, which is the opposite of what Kamala does. I find that Democrats do this a lot, um, where they find a bad situation and they say, see, this is bad, we need to change this. Or they say, the Republicans are messing up here, or like, somebody's messing up here, we need to fix it. And often they don't really show a very great alternative to do, to fix it or like a response to fix it, but um, at least they want to. So I find that Republicans often say, look at this wonderful country we have, we need to keep it wonderful and we need to keep making it better. Um, that's kind of a more of the mindset that I found um, just watching videos, um, watching debates like this where we get about equal time with both sides and watching interviews on the news and stuff um, with different outlets. So, he really, Mike Pence, he really reminds me of a father. He kind of gives me that vibe, especially in his last response. You guys should go back and listen to their last responses to a question from a young girl. Um, really good. I think they were both pretty good. But, um, he really has the kind of aura, I guess, of a dad who is tolerant and patient and knows how to control himself. And I really appreciated that. He did get kind of mad at that one point where I showed you guys that clip. But other than that, he was very consistent over the whole debate. Um, with regards to the moderator, I thought she was a good moderator. She was probably biased, uh, probably Democratic, but, um, I don't really know. She just, 
never really cuts off Kamala without Mike Pence saying something. Um, he says Susan, like, her time's up, like, basically gets her attention. But it kind of seems like she loves to interrupt Mike and not let him talk. But he does go over time a lot. That's another thing that he is not great at, is ending on time. He has kind of slower speech than Kamala. So, um, yeah, but I thought the moderator was pretty good. I thought the questions were good. And, yeah, you guys should watch it for yourselves and see the whole context. It's really interesting. So that's all I had to say on the whole debate. Hopefully you guys could glean something from that. Hopefully you learned something. Um, hopefully it was helpful in some way. Um, I just want to go to the quote at the end of our episode. So I couldn't choose. There was two quotes. I couldn't choose between them because I thought they were both really good. So I'm just going to do both of them. The first one is being positive in a negative situation is not naive it is leadership. That's a quote by Ralph Mar- Marston. Ralph Marston. Okay, and then the next quote is by Confucius, actually. And it reads, If you are positive, you'll see opportunities instead of obstacles. And so hopefully you guys can maybe apply that to what I talked about today. Um. Yeah, just... Hopefully you could learn something from this, and hopefully you guys liked it. Um, if you're listening, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. I just all I want is for people to listen, and it's it's such a great thing for me if people do. So thank you so much, and um, I'll hopefully release another one of these this week, um, and. So you'll hear me then. Happy Halloween. Happy Election Day. Peace out.